Hello world! Happy Pride Month and today we have a really special show because welcome April! Thank Hi. you, Nitya. Welcome. Thank you so much. So happy to be here today. Yes. Oh, we're going to miss Frank. Hi, Frank. Hey. But for today, we have you and I'm really, really happy to see you here. Maybe you could tell our audience a little bit about yourself and what you do. Sure. So I'm April Edwards. I'm a senior software engineer here at Microsoft. So I build with and code with customers. That is super cool. I can't wait to see you more on the show. But while we're on it, I do know this is Pride Month. So happy Pride Month. Yeah, you too. Yes, I'm very excited about all the things that are happening in and around Microsoft. So I heard you might have a special bit of news for us in that context. I do. So I'm a massive Xbox fan and especially a Gears of War fan. So Xbox has put out some Pride Month um, Easter eggs all over kind of the platform. So anything from like Xbox controllers, which I totally want to get my hands on, um, and Pride kind of in all the games. So for my Gears of War friends, uh, they're doing Pride skins on, on your weapons and your characters. And last year, my friend Ben got all the Pride, you know, collection first. So this year, my goal is to beat him and get all the skins first. We're right behind you. Let's do this. Um, and just a reminder, all the things we're talking about will be in the show notes, so go check it out. And there is a chat here, so we'd love to hear from you. What are you doing for Pride? What are things that interest you? Share it with us right here on the chat. But hey, the way you're excited about this, you know what I was excited about this year, this week? Tell me, tell me. Oh, well, okay. So if you've been on the previous show, you might have known I was like kind of, you know, waxing ecstatic about Lobe.ai. Yeah, there's probably a lot of AI things in the show today, but Lobe.ai, for those of you not familiar with it, is this uh, portal where you can go in and train machine learning models with your data without having to know any machine learning or without having a machine learning background or having to do any coding. And at Build, Limor Freed of Adafruit did a really awesome demo showing how you could build a model and deploy it to a Raspberry Pi. They have a kit. It was out of stock, but guess what? It's back in stock. So don't I know. So That's awesome. Huh? Have you ordered it yet then? If it's in stock, you've already ordered it, right? Well, you know what? I was silly enough to go buy all the separate parts and assemble it, and I did a really good demo with my kid. But you know what? I could always use another one. So you never buy know. Two. Why buy one when you can buy two? N plus one, right? That's exactly right. But as excited as I am about AI, I heard you were excited about something really interesting too. Yeah, so yesterday they released Bicep Language 0.4. So 0.3 went out and that was production ready. And 0.4, they've made some awesome changes to it. So they've added the capability to do linting. So when you're writing your code, you know if your code's correct, which is super helpful because I can't type anything out without making an error. Um, but they've also put out a Bicep Lang visualizer. So when you're writing out your Bicep Lang code, you can see what you're actually going to deploy. And it actually pulls in existing resources. So you can see all the dependencies from your um, from your code, which is awesome. So it's really handy to see what you're doing and not just guessing. Hey, I, I'm, maybe we can kind of you know incentivize Isaac to do a segment on this, or maybe you could do one. We'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. I think we have something that works. Super exciting. And again, all the links are in the show notes. But I think you know this is going to be an interesting show because we actually have a lot of new guests. Do you want me to tell you a little bit about the agenda for today? Yeah, please do. And also, we have a special guest listening in, my mother. Hi, April's mom. Hi, mom. <laughs> that is awesome. Yes, please do leave us a comment, April's mom. Tell us stories we need to share on air. No, tell me. Tell me no stories. <laughs> please, Nitya, tell us about the agenda day, because I'm really excited about what we have lined up. Will do. So let me start by saying we have our usual segments. We have Azure Tips and Tricks with Isaac, and then you'll have my ABC segment at the end of the show. 
But we have two new segments and some special guests. Later on, we're going to talk about mobile apps and accessibility. But coming up next, we are going to have the fabulous Jen Looper. And she's here to talk to you about Web Dev for Beginners and a lot of the work that the next gen team is doing around curricular building. Hi, Jen. Hi, Nitya. How are you? I'm doing good. I need to ask. That's not the Azure logo, right? No, this is our next gen t-shirt. I wish there was a button here. I could just beam myself the heck out of here. I would just like go somewhere else where it's sunny. But um, yeah, so I'm on the next gen team and we're all about creating awesome student experiences and also supporting faculty. So I thought I would come and chat with you a little bit about some of the curriculum we've been designing. That is amazing. And I heard such great stuff about Web Dev for Beginners. Maybe you could tell us a little bit about its status and share that share the screen and show us a little bit of what you're working on. Yeah, sounds great. So this is Web Dev for Beginners. This is our um, kind of flagship pilot curriculum. We we launched this as 24 lessons over 12 week, weeks, which is kind of the standard semester of learning. What we didn't know is that it would go a little bit viral and we just cracked 25.1 thousand stars. So, um, and it's just been a beautiful experience. We have 72 contributors from all over the community. Based on your feedback, I just opened up discussions so we can start having real chats with, um, with the folks. And um, what it is, is it's a project-based learning curriculum. So PBL, I'm in the process of going back from a second master's in curriculum design and instruction. And we're like figuring out what kind of pedagogy works asynchronously and online. So it's a very interesting um, and kind of different experience. But these are all projects that you can do to learn the basics of web development to become that professional developer you want to be. HTML, CSS, and JavaScript will kind of give you the basics and you'll have fun learning it because you're going to do things like build a web terrarium. So you're, with three lessons, you learn HTML, CSS, and JavaScript and create this draggable and droppable little cacti that you can you know, gently move along your screen. We also have a typing game, a browser extension, a space game, and a bank project. And they're all listed in this table. You can take one lesson on your own. You can work with friends. And um, it's just been a really unusual and kind of really cool experience. Yeah, I love this idea of project-based curriculums. And I also love the fact that you weren't using frameworks, because I think it's a great way for people to get started just knowing the structure of web apps, right? So this right. is fantastic. Yeah. But Tell me, like with 25,000 stars and God knows how many people trying your curriculum, what were some of the learnings that you had? Yeah, well, the big learning for me was, um, yes, we wanted to do classic PBL, project-based learning, but it's not so easy to do, to do that in an online asynchronous format because I had people trying to turn in assignments. We have assignments here. We have tests. And people are you know, they're finishing their assignments and they're, and they're trying to PR the repo, asking me to grade them. And you've got thousands of people trying to do them. Like, I cannot That's grade That's right, that they see it exactly like courses, which is awesome in my opinion. But yeah. Yeah, yeah. So what we did actually is that we went ahead and took this curriculum, tweaked it just a little bit, and um, we're running it in Moodle, which is a learning management system, an LMS with um, with real uh, teachers, actually. So this is um, in a nonprofit that I run called Front End Foxes. And we have Front End Foxes School. So we have four cohorts the world over who are um, of women who are becoming developers and honing their skills by working through this curriculum with teachers so that they can turn in their assignments and get those grades and get the badges. So that's kind of the learning. It's like, I think it works great off, offline and online, but if you have a real teacher kind of running you through yes. this or if you can work in a group, it's even better. Yes, and I can wait. I'm, I'm hoping that maybe like in a few weeks or months from now, you can come back and give us some more learnings from how that worked out when you actually had a structured you know, environment for people to learn it. But yeah. what's next? Like this is such a successful kind of approach. What do you have coming up next? 
Yeah, so it was so successful that we were kind of tasked with this idea that, okay, why don't you go ahead and launch 10 more curricula? So I'm like, okay, let's go ahead and do that. So we have on the smorgasbord for this summer, kind of summer of learning in the North America, um, in our hemisphere, um, we have the next curriculum that's about 75% done is machine learning for beginners. I think it's going to be excellent. It's all about classic machine learning, regression, clustering, classification, time series, um, reinforcement learning, and um, really just gentle introductions to some of the math. Um, involved in this and um, just to get you started as a machine learning engineer. Next up will be um, data science. We have a database uh, curriculum. We have some, um, we have backend for beginners, full stack for beginners. We have really a lot of curricula coming your way and I'm hoping that everyone will jump in and give us your feedback. That is incredible. I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to those. Again, for all of you watching, don't forget the notes, uh, the show notes will have links to all these resources. And hey, April, I should bring you back and ask you, what do you think of this? This is so, so cool. Like there are so many different curriculums to follow. And I'm impressed with Jen and the team of getting so many more out there because there's such great opportunity to keep that going and keep that snowballing. I know. And I mean, just like 25,000, that's more than I that's think. Huge. More than like, that's that's <laughs> a massive impact, isn't it? It is. So what do we have next, though? So we have. Um, a very special guest. We have Isaac Levin, and we're going to head over to Azure HQ now to hear about some Azure tips and tricks. Isaac, welcome. Hey, April. Congrats. Welcome to on the show. Super excited you're here. And that's right. Isaac Levin here. Another edition of Azure Tips and Tricks for outside of Azure HQ. And I thought that it would be really fitting since we talked about Azure Static Web Apps a couple weeks ago when it general available that I would do a tip on it. I, I love Azure Stack Web Apps, a topic near and dear to my heart. So I'm super excited to see what you've got for us. So please take it away. Well, I am very happy to show you. So let's go ahead and roll the video. So for the folks who might not be aware, Stack Web Apps can take code from a GitHub repository and publish it using GitHub Actions, which is the CICD process built into GitHub. So first, we start with the GitHub repository that contains a static website. So there are template repositories that you can start with that are built with Angular, React, and Vue. But for this one, we're just going to start with just a basic HTML static website. So let's create one from a template. So I'm going to go ahead and create that here. I've already given it a name like this. And now I'll just click Create. And this is the repository that's being created. Right? It's a simple HTML site. It has an HTML file and a CSS file in it. So once I have a, a repository set up, I can go ahead and create the static web app resource in the Azure portal. So let's go ahead and do that. So I'll go to the Azure portal and I'll create a new resource and search for static web app here and create. And let's give it a name really quick. And next, select a region. And as you can see, I'm using the free SKU here of Azure Static Web Apps. And then the first, the next thing it wants me to do is it wants me to authenticate with GitHub. So let me do that. So I'm going to connect to my GitHub organization and specify the repository and branch that I want to configure um, to use the static web app and deploy it out. So I'll do that here, and then I'm going to click Review and Create when I'm done. And then this takes about 30 seconds to a minute, so I'm going to skip ahead. So here's the static web app uh, page in the Azure portal. So as you can see, there's some deployment history. I can click on that. It shows me the runs of this particular static web app being deployed out. And if I actually go back and click on that link, there it is right there. So it's a vanilla JavaScript app. There's not a lot here going on here. But as you can see, like CICD coming right from the get-go. So super, super exciting stuff. So there you have it. 
So Azure Static Web Apps can do more than just host files. You can configure application settings for your site. You can also configure custom domain names. Uh, on top of that, your site can call Azure Functions to serve API. So I think it's really, really exciting stuff. Uh, it comes with free SSL as well, and I just love static web apps. And I think that you know, if you're using uh, different JavaScript technologies or Blazor WebAssembly or building a static site, taking advantage of it uh, is definitely something that developers should look into. I agree. They're they're really really cool. They're pretty easy to set up. What's really cool is you can automate them with CI/CD off the go. Like they've built that okay. into the function the functionality, and not having to deal with certs anymore is awesome. Love it. So Isaac, thank you so, so much. Really appreciate it. We're gonna bring back Nitya for our next segment. Yeah, hi April. So I, I will say before we move to that segment that I thought this was a super cool product. And if I'm not mistaken, they also support um, you know static um, generators like Hugo and my blog's mm -hmm. at Hugo. So now I'm thinking maybe I should move my ABC website. Okay, that will be fun. <laughs> But yeah, so let's go to the next segment. And we have a couple of really awesome guests. So we're going to talk about mobile apps and accessibility. And I want to introduce Sweeky and Rachel. So hi, Sweeky. Hi. Most of you know Sweeky because she's been on Hello World before. But I'm super excited about this because we're going to talk mobile apps and accessibility. Take it away. Hi, friends. Hi. So I'm here gate crashing the Thursday party instead of my usual Friday show. So I've come with my awesome friend, Rachel. Uh, hey, Rachel. Why don't you introduce everyone to yourself? Hi, everyone. I'm Rachel. I'm a software engineer here at Microsoft. And I work on the Xamarin Forms team, which is now becoming .NET Maui. And for the past several months, I've been focusing and learning a lot about accessibility, and I'm super excited to share some of what I've been working on today. Yep, yep. Rachel has been super awesome. She's been helping me help uh, uh, some customers of ours with you know, specific Xamarin-related accessibility things. But today, she's got something very, very cool. We're getting a sneak peek into how accessibility is going to be working with .NET MAUI. Rachel, take it away. Your show. Yes, I'd love to. So here I have the Maui samples repository under .NET. And I've already pulled down this repository. And anyone can go and check these samples out today as well. And you can check out the awesome instructions in the readme for downloading all of the necessary bits and for running the Hello Maui sample. So today I'm going to be running it on, the, on a physical Android device by running this command, which I've awesome. actually done. So yeah, I just want to give a quick shout out to our awesome friend John for making the Maui check tool the best way to get your environment set up. So get in yeah. and get your hands dirty, everyone. Yeah. yeah, definitely. So here I have opened the Maui sample solution, and I also have already run that .NET build hello Maui command, and I have it up and running on my physical Android device here that's reflected on the screen. And if we take a look at this main page.xaml I have showing, we have something here called semantic properties. And semantic properties is one of the new accessibility APIs that we're introducing in .NET MAUI. And it's kind of like the new and improved version of the accessibility APIs that we were offering on Xamarin Forms. So if you take a look here, we have three labels that are heart glyphs, and we indicated a semantic properties.description to be set to heart. So that corresponds over here to these three purple hearts. And similarly, at the bottom of the screen, we have an image of a .NET bot. And the .NET 
bot's magic properties that description has been set to cute.net bot waving hi to you. Um, That's great. I have a question. So this, at least the .net bot seems kind of similar to adding alt text when you like tweet out an image. So is it the similar concept here? Yeah, exactly. It's pretty similar, except this is helpful with screen readers, which is an assistive tool on many devices. And screen readers read out the text on the screen. Um, and this is especially helpful for individuals with visual impairments. So I'm going to now turn on the screen reader on my physical device. In this case, it's going to be um, TalkBack. And we're going to hear that the description that we set is read aloud. Whereas normally without the, these APIs, we wouldn't hear anything and it wouldn't really be accessible at all. So I'm turning on TalkBack. TalkBack on. Maui. Welcome to .NET Maui. I'm going to click on the hearts heart 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 and then on the image cube.net bot waving hi to you and now you can hear that the description that we set with semantic properties is being read aloud and now these are so much more accessible due to these apis that's amazing that's awesome i have i have one question so i noticed that in the label when it says net you actually spelled it out as the full word net and not just use the period and net uh, was there a particular reason why you did that yeah that's a great question so depending on the screen reader it can read the text differently and sometimes very literally so if i indicated a period dot it might interpret that as a pause and not really pick it up at all so that's just one example of how it might read differently, um, which is why I specify the full word .net as I want it to be read around, read aloud like that. That's amazing. Um, so for uh, everyone else who wants to learn more or get more resources on get, making their apps more accessible, where do you recommend they go check things out? Yeah, so here, if you haven't checked it out already, on my GitHub, I have some talks that I've already um, delved deeper into accessibility on. So you can check some of these out where I spoke on the Xamarin show and previously on Learn TV as well. Um, we also have a new learning module for accessibility and we have a new accessibility blog post series of which we have the first two blog posts up and running. And for those who are more familiar with XamarinForms.net Maui and accessibility, I encourage you to check out the spec in our.net Maui repository check out the Allied Tools repository that my great teammate Shane started. And also feel free to check out the Xamarin Community Toolkit, all of where you can check out the new APIs. And of course, please stay in touch with me as well for more questions and feedback. That's awesome. Thank you so much for sharing with us, Rachel. Back to you, Nitya. No, no, it goes back oh. to me. <laughs> Hi, me. April, so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and Rachel, that's awesome. I loved it. It's such an important topic and you have developed such a great product that will appeal to so many people. Um, so we are going to go to the ABC segment now. This is a lot of fun. So hang on while we bring in Nitya and everyone can participate. Woohoo! So yes, this is going to be fun because, you know, I always like new victims, if you know what I mean. So <laughs> let's bring everyone back while I kind of spend a minute talking to you about what this segment's about because we have a lot of new players today, yes. So for those of you who haven't seen this before, ABC is a segment where I show you um, a product, a service or a concept, I'll draw it out in 30 seconds and you need to tell me what it is by looking at the hints. Is everyone ready? Yeah. Let's go. 
All right, I will admit that Isaac is kind of far and beyond the champion right now. So, you know, we got a lot of catch up to do. Oh, that's right. So let's see if we can put up the first one. And what I'll do is as uh, the sketch comes, I'm going to walk you through it. This one is an easy one. If you paid attention to the news today, this should be so simple. So what you're seeing is it says the human brain has four and that's a word there. And those Lobes. are the four names. Oh. So this service makes it easy for you to create and train machine learning models with no code. No. No, no, no. I said it first. I blame the lag in the internet over here in the UK. Oh, That's okay. It. Well, we, we'll give it to anyone but Isaac. So That's I, okay, that works. That works for him. That works for him. <laughs> so this is actually something I'm super excited about, as you know, and I want to make sure that we all go check it out. Um, I'll just tell you a quick story before we move to the next clip. This is so easy that I could get my 12-year-old to go train stuff. He's been training all the coffee pots because he doesn't want me to like ask him what coffee he's making me anymore. He'll make the coffee, he just won't tell me what it is. All right. So wait, so you're complaining about your kid making you coffee? Like I'm I didn't he, follow that. No, he th there's decaf and calf. I'm like, if I'm making no, no, coffee, who has decaf in their house? How can, exactly. how can you use vision to, de to detect uh, caffeine versus non-caffeine? How does that oh, work? He, he doesn't. So basically, all the pods have different patterns on them. Oh, pods. Got it. But yeah, mm. but the thing is that, yeah, there, there, are, there are issues here. But we'll talk about that. The problem, or at least the thing I was trying to uh, say is it made it so easy that he's actually kind of been invested in, like, you know, reducing his <laughs> effort. And he wants to literally mount. So we're going to use Lobe AI to mount this above the coffee machine. Let's see where that goes. Either I won't be drinking coffee at all or drinking the wrong thing. Just, just throw out the decaf. It's fine. <laughs> decaf. I need decaf. So let's roll the second one. Um, hopefully, you've got that lined up. This is also a service. Now, this one uh, was actually a throwback for me because I was like, you know, now that the pandemic is rolling through, I'm like, oh, we may be going to conferences again. So. How many of you remember this? Drinking coffee at the gate, you know, you're very mm -hmm. sleepless at the airport. You go and like finish your talk and you order Uber Eats and then- Form recognizer. Yes, oh. yes, 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 yes. So let me- no, no cheating, all skill, sorry, sorry. I, no, free, no free lunches on this show, sorry. Everybody has to fight, after has to work hard to beat me, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> that is true, but hopefully I will explain why I think this is a cool thing. So I mentioned applied AI. Form recognizes one of the first services in that suite. And basically what we're saying here is those days of having to manually scan your expense report receipts and like do all of that could go away with something like this. It's got pre-built models for receipts and you can build custom ones based on the forms you have. So all right, fine, we'll give it to Isaac. Um, great. Okay. Okay, we, so we have time for one more. One more, Nitya. One more. So, how's everyone feeling? Are you getting the drift of this game? Um, okay. We accidentally oh. blank out Isaac on the next one. Can we just like turn off his mic and like turn off his video? Hold it up, written right? Because he's very competitive. But let's roll the next one. I think we have two more. Let's go for just one more. Awesome. So this is also a service, and in this case, this should be maybe easy. You're looking at it. Up top, there is a cloud movers, there's like a truck, and this guy's trundling a database into it. And these two folks are talking, and one is telling the other, I hear you're moving. And he's like, yeah, I've got so much data. Agile database, like, migration service. Service. Yeah. <laughs> Who said that? It was April. She got oh, the whole thing. I said, I said, I April. April. Migration April. service. 
Yes, and this is good because I wasn't sure I'd actually filled in all the words, but yes, you're absolutely right. So what the Azure Database Migration Service lets you do is migrate multiple data sources off-prem to Azure Data Platforms without giving you much downtime at all. So minimize your runtime, uh, minimize your downtime. So I think with that, do we have time for one more? What do you think, April? Uh, technically not, unless you didn't like 20 seconds. All right, let's do it. I think we might all be right. able to fit one last one in. What do you say? So we have about a minute, so 30 seconds. So all right, this is the last one. Again, it's a service. So what you're seeing is this developer, and this one is related to a, a really awesome idea or a, an awesome feature slash product that was announced at Build. It's Windows. Oh, wait. No. <laughs> I don't know why it's taking it looks, so much it time to draw it. Does look like, it does look like Windows. <laughs> Nitya, you are, the, you are the slowest artist I've ever seen in my entire life. I, you know, this should have been 30 seconds. But I will explain to you what it is saying in case you don't see the whole thing. Basically, up top is a, is, 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 is a computer programmer who's sitting there trying to build apps and using PowerFX and trying to figure out what the right formulas are to build the apps. And in the second one, when and if it completes, you'll see him with his feet up in the air drinking coffee because now he doesn't need that anymore. He can use natural language processing. So the clue was it's one, two, GPT-3. Do you know the name of the product? Oh, shoot. Um, yes, do you at least know the, the, the broad category into which it falls? NLP or GPT-3? No, it's okay. I'm going to give it to you because it looks like this froze for whatever reason. It's Power Apps Ideas. Go check it out. Oh, the link will be in the notes. Oh. That was one of the things I was super excited at Build about. But I think now it's time for us to wrap up. So this was fun. Hopefully, you all had fun. But let's go around quickly and do the CTA. So starting with you, Isaac, what's our CTA for Azure Tips and Tricks? Well, the first thing I want to say is how awesome it was that I was the only guy here. I love hanging out with all these amazing ladies. So, But first off, I want to say thank you for having me. Uh, if you want to take a look at some of the stuff we've done, Azure Tips and Tricks, um, all that stuff and all the tips we've done in the past will be available in the show notes, AKMS slash Hello World. Thank you. And uh, next, I guess I want to talk to Jen. Jen, what's the call to action from your site on curriculum? Yeah, so we're always building new curricula and we build in the open. So we really want people to participate. Tell us how you're using the curriculum. Tell us what it's missing. Tell us what you want. And please just reach out to me on Twitter at Jen Looper and tell us how we can best support you, your students, and your schools. Woohoo. And, and she did launch a new discussions forum on Web Dev for Beginners. So I can't wait to see what you say there. Um, Sweeki and Rachel, thank you so much for being here. What's the call to action on .NET MAUI? Well, my call to action is to go follow Rachel on Twitter because she's awesome and she has all of the you know latest news on accessibility with .NET MAUI. And yeah, uh, everything that Rachel talked about, we've dropped links to that in the show notes. So oh. please go check it out. Yes, definitely go follow Rachel, and I should do this right after this show. But thank <laughs> you so much. And we need to have more mobile, right? We need to have more mobile stuff here. But um, I'll kind of give you my call to action. The Cloud Advocates just released a web, uh, not web, sorry. <laughs> they released a beginner's series on serverless. It's a bunch of small videos that walk you through various concepts in the serverless computing domain. Definitely check it out. The link will be in the show notes. Uh, it's just hot off the presses. We'd love to get your feedback. And April, what's your call to action? I heard you had something special to share with us. I do. Well, the first thing is for my mother. If she wants to put any embarrassing stories or comments in the chat, Nitya will be happy to regurgitate them to everyone watching. 
and everyone in the future can watch this and, and get embarrassed by my mother. But more importantly, the Cloud Skills Challenge from Microsoft Build has two days left that you can complete it. So if you haven't started yet, you have two days to go. Um, so get on it, get it finished. You could do anything in two days, right? So get on to the Cloud Skills Challenge before it expires. And then, oh yeah, and if you complete it, you get entered to a chance to meet one of really cool people at Microsoft. I think there's 15 different people you get the opportunity to meet. Oh, I'm so excited about that. I wish I would try to get one of those. But anyway, um, so I think that's kind of like the big stuff. Um, without forgetting, yes, if you're watching this later, definitely leave us comments. If you're watching live, leave us comments in the chat. We actually do have a podcast. You can find all archived episodes of this show on ak.ms slash hello world. Uh, we love, love, love feedback. So definitely send that out to us. And Stay on this channel because, hey, April, I hear something cool is coming up next. Yes. So my awesome colleague, Jay Gordon, is coming up next with the Azure Fun Bite Show. And today he's going to talk about Datadog, which does monitoring for Azure in the cloud. So check it out and stay tuned, everyone. Woohoo! And have a wonderful Thursday. Thank you. Bye. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Bye. Take care, everybody. Bye.